Hi, and welcome to the second edition of Soul Food here at Public Church. My name is Ben, and today we're going to have a look at something that we all need a lot of at the moment, that is hope. I'm going to go to the book of Romans chapter 5 and just see how we acquire this thing called hope. It says this in verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. It's okay. I know that, that sounds like a lot. We're going to explain that here shortly. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, let's go back to the start of that. It says, therefore, whenever you see therefore in the Bible, you need to have a look at what it's there for. Go back to chapter four. It's talking about Abraham and how he was justified by faith. Now, in the timeline of the planet Earth, Abraham's here right at the start. Jesus is right here in the middle. Abraham didn't know Jesus. So how then does he end up with a faith in God, well, it was credited to him as righteousness because he believed in the promise of the Messiah coming. So, whole of chapter 4 of Romans talks about that. Then it goes Romans 5. Therefore, based on what we've said in chapter 4, having been justified by faith, Abraham and us, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you know that old expression, you know, I hope he's made his peace with God before somebody dies. Well, that's what it's talking about, making your peace with God. You were in right standing with God through what Jesus did on the cross, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So the grace that comes and is where we find our forgiveness for all of our sin. And so therefore we are in right standing with God so that we can step into eternity with him and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, not only that, but we also, this is the bit we don't like, but we're starting to understand it a little bit, particularly in light of what's going on in the world at the moment. We also glory in tribulations. You know, usually when we read that, it's like, oh, really, do we? Is that even realistic that you glory in tribulations? Because tribulations is where you see the worst of me. Tribulations is where you see me fly off the hammer and, and lose everything and get depressed and disappointed. But what Paul is saying here, and let's face it, he was a bit of an expert because he had a tough, tough journey, tough calling, and a massive load of responsibility that God had given him to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to everywhere around the world including the Jews, but mostly to the Gentiles. That's all of us. Big, big deal. And he knew how to handle tribulation and glory in that tribulation. Now, we also glory in tribulations knowing that tribulation, is this tribulation that we're going through? I'm not talking about the tribulation in terms of end times. I'm just talking about hardship. Yes, it is. It's to a degree, different degrees for different people, tribulation. For some people, you've lost jobs, you've lost your businesses, and it's tough times for a lot of people here in Australia and across the world as well. But what Paul is saying is that there is a way that we can glory in these tribulations. You think that is just so annoying and so unrealistic. And I hate it when people try to pull apart these verses. But I'll tell you something. I'm nearly 47 now, 46, nearly 47, May 18. Jot that one down in your diaries. Gifts happily accepted. When I turned 47, I look back on the, the four decades of life I've lived and I'm starting to feel like I get it. I'm starting to feel like I'm learning how to get this glory in tribulations that Paul is talking about because I understand it's not really the glory in the tribulation. It's actually seeing the overall process 
for what it is. And that process is what I call the journey to hope, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Now, what is perseverance? Perseverance in the context of what it's saying here is, is essentially emotional or spiritual stamina. If you think of that in terms of physical, uh, you might be able to notice it here, but I've actually been doing some exercise classes in the last few months. And what's really interesting is you're not really seeing the outward effect here, but internally, my ability to persevere and my stamina physically has really, really changed. It was pretty embarrassing when I first started going to the classes. I was actually really disappointed. I remember coming home from the first class. There's about 30 people there, and they've all been doing it for a few years. And I'm this new kid on the block thinking, yeah, looking at that guy over there, thinking, yeah, he looks about as sort of carrying as much weight as I am. And not knowing that he's endured two years of perseverance and kettlebell swings and squats and push-ups and all these different things. And he even didn't show it out here, but internally... The guy was a flipping machine. So I get on there and think, okay, I'll be all right at this. And man, I, seriously, I just didn't last. I was so disappointed, only you know, doing less than half of the reps that everybody else was doing. But now I've been doing it for a few months and I'm not really keeping up with the experts by any stretch, but I'm certainly progressing because something internally is building in me in my physical stamina. It's no difference when it comes to emotional and spiritual stamina. You've just got to do the reps. It's just about keeping going with the process and getting that perseverance because it, it creates something. See, getting perseverance for us in this modern day is probably harder than it's ever been because we're in an age where technology has made convenience so accessible to us. And so for us, you, know, you can understand me being in my mid-40s, I've seen through the age of the introduction of the microwave. So I know what it's like to wait for mum to cook dinner. And mum's cooking dinner for hours with a stove, you know, baking, whatever she's doing. And it takes a long time and takes a lot of planning. I've seen that whole deal where you buy this box and put it on the bench and you put something in it for five minutes and it comes out and it's ready to eat. Like That's mind-blowing. And... We've become the microwave generation now where everything happens exactly when we want it. The problem with that is that while in the physical realm, we're getting things pretty much when we want them, emotionally, we're not learning patience. We are not learning perseverance. And as a result, our Christian journey to hope is actually potentially becoming a lot harder because our natural realm is not anywhere like our internal emotional realm we've still got to do the time we've still got to do the reps we've still got to go through the tough times to build that spiritual and emotional stamina and so as a result of that what do we do i've got no other news for you except to say you've just got to embrace it there is no quick ways out of this you've just got to do the time and instead of kicking and screaming and throwing a tandy because things aren't coming quickly enough to you emotionally and spiritually you've just got to say you know what it is what it is, and that's what everybody's been saying, but I'm not saying it is what it is in regards to the overall situation we're in globally at the moment. I'm talking about it is what it is, what the scripture says. The only way to get to that place of hope is through, firstly, perseverance and patience. Now, once you start to embrace that, then you go on the journey towards developing character. See, character is what you've got when you start to dig deep. At those first sessions that I was doing with the exercises, I was like, blow this, Jack. I'm not coming back to this. This is ridiculous. I haven't got what it takes. I'm not into this. But somehow the coaches just taught me how to dig a bit deeper. Shout out to everybody at the Shake Up here in Pacific Pines. 
really, really cool classes. And somehow they've just been able to help me to dig deeper. And what is the digging deeper? The digging deeper is a sign of character because I'm finding something that I didn't have before. I'm going into territory that I didn't have before. And you can do the same thing emotionally and spiritually as well. You can just dig a little bit deeper instead of just go, oh, I'm done with this. I'm over it. I don't even think God exists. If this is the way God treats his children, then I'm not interested anymore. And you walk away from the whole thing when really God's just saying, come on, mate, just dig deeper. And the sense of achievement and accomplishment when you just wait it out and trust God in his timing and that he's for you, he's not against you. It is phenomenal. The sense of achievement that you get from, oh man, I've obeyed God. I've stuck it out. I've trusted him in his word. And now I've persevered. Now I can really start to see that character start to develop. I see it in motorsport all the time. Character is really, I guess the word we would use these days is experience. There is no substitute for experience. And I see it in motorsport all the time where you see these amazingly talented young guys get in these race cars and they've got no fear whatsoever. They're racing against guys who've got multiple titles and multiple achievements and race wins in the past. Uh, The way that they've got them is because... They used to be that young guy, but they learned over time that they've just got to ease off because they don't want to junk their cars or their bikes or whatever it is. They've just got to take things and, and, and race wisely as opposed to racing wildly. And you see these young guys come out like a bull out of the gate and they just run into people because they just want to win and they want to get their name on the trophy. And the old guys, you see them all the time. When I say old, they're not even necessarily old. They're just experience. They're just people who've had the perseverance and gone through the tough times of their career where things haven't gone their way. And they've dug deep. They've got character. They've got experience. And what I've found is that experience in the big picture always wins over the youthful exuberance that just says, come on, let's just go. Because that doesn't seem to have a whole lot of depth in it and a whole lot of character, experience. So I encourage you, if you just keep persevering, then you start to develop that character. Then what does the Bible say? After that, that's when you discover hope. Now, it's hard to define what hope is. So remember, we've got perseverance, character, now hope. What is hope? A little bit of a hard one to explain because we are so casual with the use of the word in the modern English language. We don't actually use it correctly. So the way that we'd refer to it is like a I hope this virus goes away, or I hope the economy's okay, or I hope I've got a job next week. That's not actually the right use of the term. Hope, in its true meaning, must always be based on a promise. If it's not based on a promise, it's just wish. Really what you're saying is, oh, I wish this virus would go away or I wish that the, the economy would be able to stand up to all of this pressure or I wish that there would be a way that I can have a job next week because there is no basis for fact or promise on any of those things. There is no guarantee that the virus is going to go away. There is no guarantee that the economy is going to last. There is no guarantee that you'll have a job next week, whether we had a virus or not. So what do you do? The only way you actually get hope is to actually find hope in a promise. And if you have a look at what the scriptures say, hope is actually not a concept. The promise is actually the person of Jesus Christ. See, to a believer, hope is the person. In Jeremiah, he talked about the hope of Israel. That was a guy that he hadn't even seen, Jesus, the Messiah, the coming Messiah, just like Abraham, who was credited to him as righteousness. 
for Jeremiah, it was the same. They had the hope of Israel was a man who was to come, the promise of a Messiah. You have a look at Psalm 119, verse 74, verse 84, uh, beg your pardon, 81, 114. Three times in the one chapter, he talks about my hope is in the word, in the promise. And that's why hope for a Christian is the person of Jesus Christ, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his promises have been proved throughout the generations. His faithfulness has been proved throughout the generations. So when it comes to no matter what tribulation you're in, your hope is not in the circumstance, not in the situation or the report that comes on the news. I know some people are sitting there and waiting, can't wait for the six o'clock news tonight. Hopefully they've got, hopefully they've got a good report. And then I can breathe easy. Then I can have some hope that things are going to be okay. We don't know what the news report's going to be tonight. Things are really tracking quite well as far as the way Australia is responding to this situation. But it doesn't mean tomorrow we're not going to wake up and all of a sudden there's another spanner in the works and something else goes wrong. And I'm not trying to be negative, but it's just the reality. I, like everybody else, am wishing that everything will be fine. But I'm more than wishing. I'm hoping, not because of the circumstances, but because my hope is in a person in Jesus Christ. Perseverance perseverance then goes on to become character. Character then becomes a way to get to hope. And hope is not a concept. It's the person of Jesus Christ. See, once you find Jesus, then the rep, just like you do physically, or the way, I guess, the rotation, the way that this goes around, the calendar years, you just keep going through the process, but at a deeper level. You go from perseverance, then it becomes character, then it becomes hope. You find Jesus. And then as you find Jesus, you go, oh, how cool is this? I've got hope. And then he starts the ball rolling again at a deeper level. So then you have to go through another deeper level of perseverance. It's probably going to be harder. It's going to be longer. And then you go to a deeper level of character, a deeper level of experience with Jesus. And then you discover Jesus, hope, at a whole new level. Next part of it is that it all happens again. And the older you get, the more times you go around the mulberry bush. And the whole point, according to Romans chapter 5, is that you would discover hope at a deeper, deeper level. But I want to pick up on something here that a lot of us would be struggling with. And I'm going to be honest, I have too. So is my wife, Vanessa. I'm here now recording this, but the reality is I should have been in Dallas, Texas at Texas Motor Speedway watching a NASCAR race, which is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to take Vanessa to see just how ridiculously big the sport of NASCAR is. And it's just, I can't even explain to you how huge it is. And I wanted Vanessa to see that. But because of this situation, as you know, the story, we were in Nashville, had to come back on an emergency flight back to Australia. So we were here before they closed the borders. I'm going to be honest. I'm disappointed. We've been on this journey for a long time of planning this trip and so many, just the amount of hours we've put into watching YouTube videos on all the different cities and the amount of time Jordan had put into choosing the right college. And then we based our holiday around that college where we would go to visit him. And all that's changed now. We don't even know if Jordan's going back to America, but I'm in the situation where I'm really, really having to struggle and deal with the next thing that they talk about in Romans chapter five, this time in verse five. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We're going to have a look at this concept of disappointment. What is it? Disappointment is, let's have a look at basic little bit of English. Dis means was 
but is no longer. So if you think in terms of, say, a word like disqualified is different to unqualified. If you were unqualified, it meant you never had a qualification. If you were disqualified, it meant you were qualified, but are no longer qualified. If you, so the difference between unorganized and disorganized. Unorganized means that you never had any organization. Disorganized means it was organized at one stage, but now it's completely a sham. Pretty much like Jordan's bedroom, it's very, very disorganized. It's the same when it comes to disappointment. We're not talking about unappointment, we're talking about disappointment. So something has been appointed and is no longer appointed. What is that thing that's been appointed? It's your expectations and your emotions. See, I had an expectation and my emotions were based around that expectation of how this holiday in America was going to work out. But it hasn't, it hasn't. And it's cost me a lot of money. And I know that there's plenty of people out there who've got much bigger disappointments they're facing at the moment. The disappointment of you thought 2020 was your year that your business was going to grow. 2020 was the year that you were going to get that uh, raise in your wages. This was the year, 2020, where you were going to get a promotion. 2020 was when you were going to really uh, buckle down and study and all of a sudden things have changed. It's changed for everyone. Pretty much everybody on the planet at the moment is probably battling with some form of dis appointment because their expectations of what 2020 was going to achieve, they have now been unglued. And now we've got to, what do we do? Because our emotions and expectations were there, they were appointed, now they're disappointed and now they're just floating. What do we do? How do we handle the disappointment? Like disappointment is like, it's like emotional G-force because you think you're going in a certain direction and all of a sudden you're going in that direction. I remember a couple of years ago, I was in the Northern Territory uh, doing a job up there and one of the guys running one of the racetracks owned a pit special, owned a, you know one of those trick planes. And he said, hey, Benny, you want to come? And I'm like, seriously, I love, I'm an adrenaline junkie, but there is a little bit of a preface here. I'm only into adrenaline uh, trips if somebody else who's an expert is in control. So things like skydiving, not a problem. Bungee jumping, haven't done it yet, but very, very keen doesn't scare me at all. Make me nervous because of the adrenaline. But if somebody's in control and they know what they're doing, I'll give it a red hot go. Going in a race car as a passenger, happy. Me driving the race car, nah, that's no fun because I don't trust my own ability. But when I got into this pit special, this stunt plane, I didn't realize how skillful this guy, Caleb Gotts, was. Shout out to Caleb. Very, very clever. And he's got all sorts of aircraft up there in Darwin. So we go and we're floating along. He goes, you good to go? I go, yep, no worries. And all of a sudden we're going straight ahead and everything's rosy. And all of a sudden he just pulls left, bang, like that. And these agile trick planes are amazing. My stomach thought it was going straight ahead. It all of a sudden turned left. And not only did it just turn left, but then he put it into this steep rise where he just sent that thing skyward. Man, it was magnificent. I was enjoying it in my head. My stomach was not used to or not expecting the change of direction. And it's almost like it was appointed. My stomach was appointed in a certain direction. It was very, very disappointed very, very quickly. But the same thing has happened to our emotions here in 2020. We've got expectations about what 2020 was going to look like. And now we're disappointed because the emotional g-force from that quicker turn this whole thing has changed so quickly so how do you respond to that well we've just read it in the previous verses somehow you've got to step back into perseverance back into the journey towards character and then rediscover the person of jesus christ who is hope 
That's the only way that we're going to actually get through this because the peace and the contentment that you had a couple of weeks ago may have been based on circumstance, but now the circumstances have changed. What do I do now? I can't base any of my emotions or expectations on any of that. You've got to go back to some solid rock. You've got to put your expectations and hope and emotions in Jesus, the only true hope based on fact, based on the promises. Disappointment is just a lack of hope in a situation. You need to reintroduce Jesus back into your situation to be able to come against this disappointment. For me, Vanessa and I have had to sit down. We've had to acknowledge it. I'm not saying that you just go, oh, I don't have any disappointment. I don't have any disappointment because I've got Jesus. No, it's a little bit fake. It's a little bit false. And it's not really realistic. The only way that you can actually do this is actually acknowledge that the disappointment's there. And then you just go, okay, Jesus, I'm disappointed. This has not worked out the way I wanted. And it might not just be for this situation 2020. It might be about your career path. It might be about your life. It might be about your marriage. It might be about the relationship you're in or relationship with your parents or whatever it is. It's not going the way I expected. This is where I had my expectations appointed. But Lord, I am so disappointed. Acknowledge it first. Take it to Jesus and say, God, I'm going to put my hope back in you because you are the hope. See, what people tend to do in a situation like this is that they tend to check out of the process. The process is clear. It's perseverance, riding it out. That becomes character because of what you've achieved. You've lived through some hardship. And then as a result of developing that character, you discover a new level of hope in Jesus Christ. The key right now for everybody watching in is do not check out of the process. I have a great friend who lives in Townsville, Dave Rice. He's got his own business. And for things, things for him are going pretty well at the moment. And I said to him, how are you handling it, buddy? He said, you know what, mate? Either our God is big enough to handle this or he's not. And that comes down to your revelation of Jesus. Either your Jesus is big enough to handle this and bring hope to a hopeless situation or he's not. And the only way to fix that is to just sit down, tell God where you're at, be honest, don't try and hide it and just say, God, this is where I'm at. I feel like this is hopeless. I feel a bit embarrassed because I should be able to just say, God, you're in control. You know what you're doing and just live in that sense of relaxation, comfort, contentment and peace. But I don't have it. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you right now to reintroduce hope back into your life and get that situation right throughout your life, you're going to have this battle. So the quicker you learn these concepts, the easier it's going to be every time that you're in a situation of tribulation. You are going to have the battle of hope versus disappointment for the rest of your life. So you might as well get used to knowing and getting a strategy in place, a biblical strategy and how to get hope into your situation as quick as possible. Let me pray with you as we finish this off. God, I thank you for every single person watching this or listening to this. And I ask you, God, that you would just give us a fresh revelation of how much you love us, how much you are for us, and you are not against us. And even though this has become such an unexpected situation on a global basis, Lord, before we were even in our mother's wombs, before you even started to utter the creation of this universe, you knew this would happen in 2020 out of 2019. So God, we just reaffirm our hope is Jesus Christ. We trust you. We know that you love us and you have a plan and a purpose. And I just speak the peace that passes all understanding. And I speak hope 
over everybody watching and listening to this, that they would get back into a fresh revelation of what it means to have that character and have that hope that comes from you. Lord God, we give it to you right now and ask for a different perspective, a God perspective in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that's blessed you today. I hope that's built something into you and look forward to seeing you again next week when we go into soul food somewhere in the middle of the week. In the meantime, of course, this week in public church, we've got all of our living rooms, which are rebranded as e-rooms at the moment. Or if you're in young adults, you've got neighborhood and e-squads for the youth ministry as well. So wherever you are, whatever your age group, there's somebody who you can connect with all on these amazing platforms that everybody's working out like Zoom and Google Meet and all of those. Uh, We've got Zoom meetings coming up all throughout this week, whatever age group you're in. So please drop us a line at public.church to uh, if you want any information on how to join with us. Until this Sunday where we all meet again online, we'll see you there. My name's Benny Bish. This is Public Church and we'll see you next week for Soul Food.